Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the last episode of Generation Ag for the year. Yay, but also quite sad. We are taking a break over the January period. We will be back in February sometime. We will figure that out at a later date. Anyway, let's ignore my voice. Clearly, I've got the summer flu. Um, Not ideal, but anyway. I had the pleasure of chatting with a young entrepreneur, Fraser Kessling, been really on the entrepreneur train lately. I've met some really cool young entrepreneurs in ag, so I've got some on the list for early next year as well. So Fraser is the founder and a director of iInputs.com, which combines the mechanical engineering degree that he has with a passion for ag innovation. Shifting from his engineering role at BHB, Fraser's entrepreneurial spirit led to the creation of iInputs.com. This innovation tender marketplace bridges the gap between the farmer and the supplier nationally, simplifying the tendering procurement process for farming inputs. Fraser envisions a revolution in ag purchasing and the ability to deliver a cost-effective solution. iInputs.com aims to disrupt the industry's inefficiencies and aims for significant savings of up to 10% for the farmer. Fraser's commitment to transparency and efficiency positions iInputs.com as the go-to platform for input procurements, fostering the value of both the farmers and suppliers. Very interesting episode. I think a lot of ears from farmers will be very curious to the perspective that Fraser has. Uh, It was a pleasure to sit down and chat with another entrepreneur in business. Um, And we do chat a little bit about marketing to farmers, um, which obviously excites me. But yeah, wishing everyone a beautiful, lovely, happy Christmas and New Year. Please stay safe, everybody, over this time. And let's get into this episode. Fraser, thank you so much for joining me on the Generation Ag podcast. Super excited to have you. Our first question is always the same, and it's to tell us a little bit about your childhood and growing up in the regions. Sure. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. A bit about me, I, um, I grew up in a small country town in South Australia called Kimber. It's a big agricultural town, so um, agriculture is the largest industry I grew up here until boarding school and then went to Adelaide and um, then uh, university to get a mechanical engineering degree. So, Can you tell me a little bit more about your connection with agriculture? I'd love to learn a bit more about that and then let's transition a little bit into engineering. So for you, obviously, growing up regionally, tell us a little bit about Kimber, South Australia, that sort of thing. We'd love to know a little bit more about it. I don't think we've had anyone on the podcast from your neck of the woods yet. Yeah, sure. So my connection to agriculture, obviously, um, you can't get away from it really in a small country town. Everyone's talking farming or, you know, if it's rained, everyone's happy. But if it hasn't rained, everyone's you know a bit grumpy. But um, I grew up running around on farms. All my mates were farmers or come from farming families. Yeah, playing on farms and that sort of thing. Um, even moving to boarding school, I found all of the all of my mates there were from farming families as well. So Three of my best mates actually 
became agronomists. But I've always loved the agricultural industry. I, I sort of I knew I always wanted to be involved somehow. Uh, I thought that may be through mechanical engineering, but um, ended up being iinputs.com. So I just love the love the broad acre farming and, and the challenges that come with it and, and like the mission to supply enough food for a growing population. I just see it as a big engineering problem, really, and I just want to be a, a part of helping to solve it. That's so inspiring and really, really cool. I'd love to learn about your sort of school, but then you transitioned into university and did engineering. Can you tell me a little bit about, obviously, all of your mates decided to be agros and you were going on a different path. Can you tell me a little bit about that decision? Yes, at that age, it's a big decision to make, I think. At the time, I just enjoyed maths and physics more than I enjoyed biology, basically. Didn't really think about, you know, what industries that could lead me into. Um, but I've always been fascinated with technology and um, innovation. So engineering was a, was a pretty good fit for me. Um, I always thought I'd end up working for John Deere or someone like that. Yeah, so you started out your sort of career working for BHP and in mining. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience and then deciding to transition into the agricultural industry? I sort of just fell into mining at BHP. I've been there for five years or so now. So I do love the challenges and um, I guess the engineering as a as a career is, is a great career. Um, it certainly keeps you stimulated in terms of critical thinking and problem solving and that sort of thing. But yeah, mining industry, it's, um, doesn't excite me as much as, as the agricultural industry, I suppose. So yeah, I guess the shift has been relatively easy. Um, like I said, I'm pretty entrepreneurial by nature. I'm always developing business plans or having ideas and, and stuff like that. So when I moved back to Kimber recently, this one really stood out, this, this idea. I guess I, I just had a look at the industry and um, something I didn't really realise when I was growing up here is how big the agriculture industry is as a whole and and even within that, the inputs industry of, of chemical and fertiliser. Like in the, the small town of Kimber, we have five retailers here supplying inputs. So when I moved back, I sort of put two and two together and, and realised that it is a huge industry and there's a lot of opportunity here. And yeah, so uh, the shift to agriculture was pretty easy for me. And also when I pitched this idea to, to my old man, he liked it so much that um, the next day he, he came on board as a, as a business partner. So me and him are running this together and he's got over 35 years experience um, running his own accounting business, uh, specialising in small agriculture businesses such as farms and, and things like that in the town. So he understands the problem that we're trying to solve and, and how iInputs is offering the solution to farmers. So, yeah, the biggest challenge obviously that came with that was um, managing cash flow personally. So, you know, coming from a good wage in the, in the mining industry and starting up a now unprofitable tech company is, is um, a bit of a shock to the system. But, yeah, I, I love the challenge of it. Yeah, I think you if you have that drive and that ambition of entrepreneurship, it's like you'll get there no matter what and you can deal with the sacrifices. But it's always really awesome to see and very exciting to see young people in ag doing exciting things. 
So can you tell us a little bit about your platform inputs? Like you've mentioned, it sort of connects farmers with chemical and fertilizer suppliers. But yeah, tell me a little bit more how this idea came about and what created this from just an idea into a reality that it is today. Yeah, sure. So after moving home, I just um, had a look at the industry in a way that I hadn't seen it before um, and the size of it. I found that after talking to farmers and doing a little bit of research into the inputs industry and, and why there was five retailers in the town, it just it just seemed a little bit bizarre to me how the 60 farmers in Kimber can sustain these five medium businesses because they're not small businesses really. So I sort of put two and two together and um, I found a lot of farmers didn't shop around on their inputs, which really blew my mind. Um, you know, like if I was going to go and buy a $50,000 vehicle, for example, I'd shop around to two or three dealerships and then still negotiate off the best price, try and save myself a couple grand. But farmers, some farmers weren't doing that and, you know, they could potentially save up to 10%. In over 10 years, that's just hundreds of thousands of dollars that could be saved. So basically I just wanted to come up with a product that was simple enough to do exactly that help them shop around and anonymously and get the best price uh, in the time that it takes them to send a text message, basically. I think you're so right. There's so much opportunity in this space and it's definitely really untapped. And it is often surprising that, yeah, in other areas of the industry or just in general, people do go and shop around, get a quote from five different people, but they're very set on this side of things that they don't often do that. So I think being able to have a platform that you can do all of that is such a great initiative. We've obviously just like, well, some people may be listening to this still harvesting over East, but, you know, harvest is wrapped up in a lot of areas within the 2024 cropping season. How does inputs.com aim to facilitate the tender process for suppliers and farmers? I would love for you to like sort of just go in depth a little bit more about how the platform works and how it would just be more efficient for growers if they're going to use it? I'll give you, I guess, a a broader overview of how the platform works. Basically, it allows a farmer to upload a chemical or fertiliser order in the the form of a tender. So it might say, you know, they need 10 shuttles of glyphosate delivered to 20Ks outside of Kimber by mid-January, and that goes up on the platform. All of our suppliers that are on our platform can then view that tender anonymously so they can't see who the farmer is and they can then choose to to put a quote in. The farmer then receives an instant text message to say he's got a new quote and they can basically compare quotes in in one place and um, either select the cheapest one if that's what they want. If, If shopping local is important to them, they can select the cheapest local quote or, or whatever they want to go with. They then match together, basically, and they can go through with the with the sale that way. I guess for the 2024 season, we're already seeing farmers submit tenders for their pre-emergent chemicals. So basically, we've set it up in a way so that they can get a list, PDF list or whatever from their agronomist. They can then basically upload that straight into the platform as a tender and, and just say when they want it and that sort of thing, and then suppliers can quote on that along with, with their fertiliser requirements as well. So our platform offers more efficient marketplace for both farmers and suppliers. Farmers can instantly reach 
all of the suppliers on our platform, like I said, nationwide, essentially in the time that it takes to send a text message. So it removes a lot of that admin from the old process of sending emails out and they also can't really reach as many by sending emails out. So it also keeps them anonymous and um, allows them to prepare all their quotes in one place. And then on the flip side, for suppliers, it basically offers opportunity to find sales through our platform for only half a percent fee, which is incredibly low cost of customer acquisition for them. That being the case, they, they don't need or they, they can reduce their marketing overheads and um, even some of their services such as agronomists and things like that. They might not be able to find agronomists. Agronomists are pretty hard to come by at the moment. So, you know, this is just another avenue for where they can find sales. It also allows them to um, increase their market share in, in new areas as well. So a supplier in Western Australia, for example, can now be fulfilling quotes in, in Victoria if you want to, when they want to. So that's basically how it works and, and, and the benefits for both the farmer and the supplier. And the only other thing is um, we've also got a group buyers feature as well. So a group of farmers can get together and, and put in a, a, a quite a large order for even more savings, um, and that's all automated. So uh, it's really easy to set up and, and submit. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that clarity. That's super interesting. You've also just mentioned before around the 10% savings that potential growers could save, which, you know, they love a good saving. Um, Can you sort of talk more about the contributing factors around savings and possibly if you've had any examples that you can share around the impacts of savings and, you know, providing better profitability on farm? I guess what I will say is the margins is is a bit of a murky area. And it's part of the reason why we think this business is such a good idea is is because we want to provide that transparency for farmers so that they know basically how much their free agronomy service is costing them or what the baseline price is for the chemicals that they need. So some of this is speculation, but uh, this is sort of our best estimates. Um, So our target really is, is 10% savings for the farmer and we track this through quote variation and the difference between the highest quote and the lowest quote against any particular tender we aim to have that at 10 percent is is our goal so um, we're currently seeing variation of around seven percent that's fertilizer and chemical combined average so we're hoping to get that up obviously the more supplies and more quotes the more variation we'll, we'll naturally see um, so that's how we think we're unlocking the most value for the farmer there. We're finding our, our most competitive suppliers specialise in, in having lower margins as they don't have as big overheads uh, generally as, as your retail stores generally will because um, they have to offer, you know, agronomy services, insurance, storefronts, all this staff, whatever it may be. Um, and unfortunately that all gets passed on to the farmer. Um, so what we're finding is is our more, more competitive suppliers are actually more distributors than, than um, retailers, if you like, and they just want a lower cost operation. So, yeah, they're, they're happy to obviously reduce their margin significantly um, and that gets passed on to the farmer, which is, which is great to see. It's probably the biggest impact we've seen is farmers are able to separate their agronomy from their chemical and fertiliser procurement costs 
if you like. So instead of paying for chemical and having free agronomy service and, and you don't really know what you're paying for or how much you're paying for each one, with this they can sort of separate that out and they have a better idea of what each product is costing them. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that. That's great to know. Moving on to, I think you probably have a few interested ears by now, but data is a conversation that keeps coming up, particularly around data security and, you know, keeping both the privacy of the farmers and the suppliers in check. Can you tell us a little bit about how you undergo this privacy, your other parameters around this? It'll be interesting to know what you guys are doing to navigate this. We're really excited, obviously, as everyone is about data. We can't wait to get, I guess, a couple full years of, of growers' order data and um, reuse that to, to better benefit the grower again. So I guess some examples of how we, we're thinking about this at the moment is um, creating sort of like a market price for each product so that they can see roughly what that product should be costing them and they can then very quickly know if, if their suppliers are around the mark. But really in terms of privacy data and things like that, we, we have a privacy policy that's about four pages long, so I won't go into that in too much detail. But basically the security is managed by our web development team and they do a, a cracking job and we've got no doubts that, that it's very secure in terms of personal data and things like that. But cybersecurity is always a risk for every business, you know, it's not just tech businesses, there are risks everywhere. So um, something we take very seriously and we certainly encourage users to be vigilant and, and not hand out their login details and things like that. Yeah, good to know. I think you probably will sigh of relief. It just seems to be something that farmers are so terrified about. So thanks for clearing that one up. What challenges and obstacles has inputs.com encountered in the early days? I mean, I personally own a agricultural marketing company and marketing to farmers is really hard work and it's very curated in what you do. How have you guys been able to sort of get your product out there and, yeah, what have been some of those challenges and obstacles and learnings that you guys have faced over the sort of start of this? Yeah, one thing I didn't realise is farmers must be the hardest people to market to, I'd say. <laughs> the, the biggest challenge with a business like ours is establishing that marketplace. So farmers submitting tenders and suppliers submitting quotes basically at the same time because if you don't, you end up having farmers who didn't receive any quotes or suppliers that are on there ready to quote, but there's no attendance to quote on. So that's been our biggest challenge. So getting farmers to submit tenders, um, basically just the way we've got around that is, is more marketing, getting the message out there, um, just consistent consistency and, and also listening to what the farmer wants and updating our platform accordingly because really we're building it for them to enable them. So... Yeah, we're really listening to what they have to say and then getting suppliers to quote. So the biggest mistake we, we probably made early on was originally we went to the, the big name retailers and they weren't, weren't too happy to provide us a quote. So we realised this was a mistake and we started targeting more the distributors and the manufacturers and, and these sort of people and um, it, it turned out to be a win-win as they were more competitive anyway. But I guess what I'll say on that one is We've changed our message a little bit there as well. So we're wanting farmers to basically 
go into their retailers and say they want to quote through iInputs.com, um, they won't be happy about it. But if we can get enough momentum, yeah, it'll, it'll encourage more retailers to come on board. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for saying that. Farmers are the hardest people to market to. That really gives me pride. They are such a interesting, complex nature and it's very hard to understand and I'm sure what's happening in Kimber, well, I know for a fact, what's happening in Kimber in South Australia is completely different to what's happening in Victoria versus what's happening in WA. Yes, they all want to buy chemicals and fur, but it's a completely different ball game. So for you having to be across all of the different logistics and politics of it all to kind of understand how to sign people up, it's really hard work and it takes a lot of opinions from a lot of different people and a lot of time. I think farmers also take a lot of time to decide if something's right for them, which sort of looks into my next question, which is about long-term vision for inputs. How do you see that? Obviously, very exciting times. We've got some really phenomenal forward-thinking growers coming through. Can you tell me what your long-term visions are and how you're sort of evolving with that transition of succession and all of the innovation coming through? Yeah, sure. So long-term, we want to be a a one-stop shop for farming inputs in Australia uh, for as many farmers as as we can be, basically. We want to provide ag can and fertiliser, which we currently are doing, and then also fuel and seed, which is coming soon. So we want to get farmers on the platform all the time, submitting tenders big and small and um, connecting with suppliers, basically. We want to provide farmers with um, more transparency on their inputs, so we basically, like I touched on before, want to provide some sort of market price for each product that's quoted through the platform so that they can get a better idea of, of um, if they're paying over or under for a product. We want to give farmers access to hundreds, if not thousands of retailers, distributors and manufacturers across the country. We just know the more we can give them access to, um, the more quotes we get them and, and the more choice that, that farmers will have. And we also want to give suppliers very cheap sales channels so they can reduce their marketing budgets and pass that on to, on to the farmer. Ultimately, we want to disrupt the industry and, and give purchasing power back to the farmer. Yeah, that's very exciting. I think there's probably a few people listening who will probably go and jump on your platform and have a look. If they're interested in signing up and being a part of it, what are sort of the best pieces of advice or insights you would want to give them to be able to best maximise their experience um, first on the farmer end, but I also think for the suppliers too. Yeah, sure. So uh, there's a couple couple things that will certainly help. Like I touched on before, even if you want to deal locally or are locked into buying from one specific uh, store or retailer due to using free agronomy service or whatever it may be, post your tender on the platform and then tell your local retailers that you want to quote through iInputs.com. This will encourage them to be competitive in their pricing. Um, they don't like doing this, but that just reinforces the need to do this. And we're confident that you'll see them reduce their margin to compete with other people on the platform. And if they don't, you can go back to them and say, you know, how far away they were from the lowest quote. So I think that's important that, you know, we start that shift. So, so we encourage them to get onto the platform. Start by submitting a smaller or, or simpler tender as well, such as, you know, the same product tender or four shuttles of, of one product or something like that, just to get the idea of the platform. And only submit a tender if you're serious about doing business and ready to accept the quote. Otherwise, you know, 
it doesn't work as well, especially with fertiliser, um, with moving prices and things like that. You can always contact your supplier after accepting a quote for any further details or or verification on, on the products and that sort of thing. Uh, you're not locked into anything until you approve their invoice, so that's important to know. And, and the other thing, really, it's, it's it's for the benefit of you guys. Um, for farmers, it doesn't cost anything. Don't really have anything to lose, so, yeah, have a go. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really exciting and definitely think it will be a slight disruption, but I think for some positive change. I want to just ask you on a personal note, the entrepreneurship journey is never an easy one. I'd love if you could just share a little bit of an insight or perspective on some things you've learned along the way so far or, yeah, just I think we've got a lot of people listening that potentially have lots of ag innovation ideas too, but it's sometimes hard to get off the ground. So, yeah, I'd love for you to share some insight. Sure. Probably um, just to back yourself, I'm not a chemical specialist, I'm not a fertiliser specialist, but what we've built I think is quite valuable and um, continually you'll you'll have people saying, you know, uh, disagreeing with you or whatever, but if you have that conviction in in your own business and you back yourself, then, um, yeah, I don't think um, anything can stop you really. You can just um, keep going with it. So back yourself and and have a go is the other thing. I guess you'll never know if your idea idea will work until you um, have a go and give it a try and be prepared to fail a few times before you succeed as well. Um, certainly not the first business I've started. So <laughs> hopefully this one continues to go um, the way that it has been going the last few months. And um, yeah, we'll be um, looking forward to it anyway. That's so exciting and awesome to hear. We've probably got a few listeners that are really wanting to learn more about you. Can you share a little bit about where they can find you? Obviously, we'll link the website in the show notes, but where's the best place to learn more about you and inputs.com? But also, do you have any upcoming events you're attending in the new year or places people can find you? Because I think people really love that in-person chat too. Yeah, especially farmers. (laughs) Just our website, basically, iInputs.com you find uh, my contact details there so you can give me a call and have a chat um, direct if you like. Also our Facebook and Twitter pages uh, where we're posting most of our content about updates and platform changes and things like that. This year, well, 2024, we're, we're going to hopefully get to all of the major ag, ag days like field days and, and things like that. So you should see us there. But other than that, um, the best way to really stay in the loop is um, sign up as a farmer or a supplier and um, we'll send you emails on, on, on things going on on the platform. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rosa, for being on the podcast. I really appreciated your time. It's been awesome to get a bit of insight into iinputs.com and just um, really learn where it's at and what you're doing and what you're hoping to achieve with it. Thanks a lot, Lav. It's um, it's been great and um, really appreciate having me on the, sh- on the pod. It's um, really helping to get our message out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. 
And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.